Welcome to the Bellingham Story Hour podcast. We'd like to start off this listening session with an unland acknowledgement, acknowledging that we are living on this land of the Nooksack and Lummi tribes and other Coast Salish folks diasporically replaced, and that we are here unseated and uninvited, but we are very grateful to be here. My name is Camry Chapman, and I am here with Chris Woywood and Danielle Morgan Sharon. <laughs> and we are the minds, hearts, spirits behind the idea of Bellingham Story Hour, which certainly is not the most original idea, but one that we love a lot. And we wanted to start off today's episode, uh, our prologue episode that talks about some of the origin of where this concept came from, where what are what was in our minds and our hearts when we decided to say, hey, let's make this thing in the town of Bellingham, Washington called Bellingham Story Hour. This is the background information episode. So if you were looking for the deep dive, this is the <laughs> deep but short dive into our very recent past. Right. With the story hour. Story hour. Not our personal past. Right. This isn't an origin story of a superhero. Just... Yet. A tiny little story. Not yet. yet. Right. It's the prologue of the origin story, maybe. <laughs> so we were going to start this by asking ourselves, how do we tell the story of Story Hour? Um, it's something that we uh, work with a lot in our workshops is helping people tell their stories, <laughs> right? So it only is fitting that we try to um, use a little bit of this time to workshop <laughs> our own story of Bellingham Story Hour. And uh, I think that Cam would be the first one to start since you were sort of the originator of mm-hmm. the plan. Well, OG, original gal, original gangster. Yeah. So I, uh, during COVID, during the dark times when we were all alone, uh, really reached out and found myself finding comfort in podcasts or shared story experiences. And, you know, one of the most popular that I know of is the Moth Radio Hour, but there are others as well. And really thinking to myself how much I missed my own community just here in Bellingham or my friends because we weren't seeing each other and we weren't getting to, you know, spend as much time. And when we were on Zoom or FaceTiming or whatever, it felt really awkward. And so I thought um, I'd really like to do this and I'd like to be able to do this in a theater. And wouldn't that be amazing? And then COVID dragged on and on and on and on. And finally, we all came back. And um, last fall, I teach at Western Washington University with playwrights. I thought this is the perfect opportunity to kind of test these waters out. And The Moth had come out with a newish book uh, about teaching storytelling. And as a playwright, I think it's really important to understand personal narrative. And so I decided to use my um, advanced playwriting class uh, as test subjects. They are all very well aware of it. And I said, um, along with our playwriting and our submissions and our professional development, we are going to work on the idea of telling a personal story that comes from a place of truth. And your final will be that you have to stand on a stage and present it in front of an audience. So the first Bellingham Story Hour happened in uh, December of 2022, with the advanced playwriting class from Western Washington University, uh, being slightly terrified and telling their stories on the stage of the new Prospect Theater in downtown Bellingham, Washington. 
Yes. <laughs> and then I think somewhere around that time, oh, it was holiday-ish time, right? Because we wanted to look at a tree yeah. lighting. Um, oh, yeah. You asked if I wanted to be part of it to help. This is Krista talking. Um, <laughs> well, people know that probably. <laughs> um, just in case. <clears throat> And, uh, yes, yeah, if I wanted to be part of it, and um, I said, sure, but I don't have any stories <laughs> to tell. Uh, but, you know, I can, I'll help out with a few things. I can, like, help fold your papers or whatever, <laughs> staple some <laughs> things. I don't know. Um, and then I uh, started to read the book. Um, which I had a really hard time getting through. <laughs> I remember that struggle mm -hmm. for myself um, about the the moth book about um, how, how to, to tell a story. How right? to tell a story, mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of ended up needing to reframe a lot of that information in ways that helped me feel like I could tell a story. Um, and sort of in doing that, I came to the realization that I do have stories. Um, and they're not the big, fancy, um, adventure, high stakes stories that a lot of, uh, places kind of seem to want to encourage. Um, but in recognizing that and recognizing my own small stories, I also, um, realized that I want to create more space for that, for other people to have um, their small stories uh, acknowledged and feel like they can share and feel like they have um, things to share with other people about themselves, authentic things, even if they're not that exciting. Uh, so then I um, got fully on board. <laughs> I was like, let's get a website. Let's get all of this stuff. And I, uh, I went down a tunnel of frenzied. Um... <laughs> For anybody listening, Krista is the heart and soul of the administrative empire that you see presented as Story Hour. Uh, this is why we have a website and we have um, workshop structure and we have bulleted lists and things that make us look very official and very well organized and fancy. And um, posters. And posters. Yes. Right. Yeah, I did a lot of those things. You did all of those <laughs> I things. I did those things. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed doing them. And it also just helped, I think, um, helped me feel like I was placing um, Story Hour into a place in, of importance in my life and like, and a way, you know, to clearly share that with a lot of people because I did get excited. So I get excited about things and then I go like full, I full on. <laughs> I'm full on. I'm full on. Full on. Um, if I'm invested, I will full on. So that's that is a that is a true fact about me. Um, and so we from there uh, had the workshops in January, and then another um, more of like the open to the public story share in February um, of twenty. 23. And over the course of all of that, just really um, realizing how great and how amazing it feels to connect with people in authentic ways, in ways when we're sharing these truths about ourselves um, and having those truths like seen by other people. Uh, my background similar to Camry's, is in playwriting, uh, in into making things up. <laughs> I 
<laughs> but always, I feel like always with it, there's always the grain of truth in it. And um, one of my favorite things about any of the productions that I've done is always that connection with um, not only the people that you're sharing the stage with, but the audience. I really enjoy and appreciate audience connection. And so I think a little bit, that's what I bring to the table um, during some of our workshops is just encouraging those moments where you can be as descriptive as possible in order to bring people into your story and into your world and to connect with you because uh, that audience and we say performer, but like share uh, connection and relationship is really... um, it's a really nice feeling. And I think when more people can experience that in a very safe way, um, you, you kind of lose that public speaking starts to lose that kind of stigma. And we realize we can share, um, more than maybe, maybe we thought we could not overshare, although we do that as well. And also create those moments of vulnerability, which is when we can really get real with each other, which reminds me that you and I have known each other for close to 20 years, 20 years, Mm -hmm. and used to work in the space uh, that was the Idiom Theater originally on Cornwall Avenue, where you and Danielle actually worked together, if I am not mistaken. Danielle and I met when we were, I was 15 maybe? Mm -hmm. We were in high school. We did a a theater workshop together at Skagit Valley Community College. It was a Shakespeare for Youths group right run yes. by Andy Friedlander and it was amazing and uh, we were exactly the kind of teenagers that would think a fun thing to do with our time on an evening would be to go to Skagit Valley Community College and do Shakespeare if that says anything about who we are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that does say a lot about who we are I remember that um one of the things I remember about you was you were talking about moving you're going to move to New York for theater and you were vegetarian I think at the time and you were like talking about knowing that you would be very you'd be sacrificing be very poor and you would even eat hot dogs if you had to because um, <laughs> like how important, how important it was like this this vision you know that you were like you were very committed and it, that stuck with me I just remember like oh my gosh that is so they funny. are so they are committed and <laughs> I found it I loved that like memory <laughs> i'm so glad you remember that because i don't and i'm like oh look at that person that's a funny little person i was <laughs> i loved i love it but the really funny thing is is that when i started working with you Krista, danielle had just left for new york mm-hmm. mm. so and the other funny thing is is that danielle and i actually went to high school together also and it worked at the same little cafe bakery together as our after school hours so it's really funny that three of us now, 20 years later, 25 years, however many years later, have um, managed to come again together <laughs> through whatever twist of fate, um, some of us traveling more than others, and then back to the same area. Um, and so when Krista and I started inviting the workshops, Krista said, I'm going to invite Danielle. Danielle's back in town. And then there was Danielle. And so since then, it's become kind of this really lovely trio of support and uh, want to express um, access to performance, which I think is a a critical thing for all of us because we believe that everybody can and should be able to perform in whatever way makes it more accessible. And this little 
story has the story hour has made it somewhat accessible for some people. You don't even need paper or a pencil. You don't or um, anything. You don't, because you don't have to write down your story. You can just. You Which can is just... we should talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Because when I was doing it with my playwriting class, I was very academic about it, and we were writing drafts and thinking of conflicts and rises and resolutions and all of the things that you're supposed to teach in a writing class. And why not? Because we gravitate to that, a class full of playwrights. And then when Krista started really thinking about how the material was being presented and just the pedagogy behind it, and how she did not respond to any of those things, even though she knew what they were, it made a lot more sense. And it really made sense in the sense of creating a way to teach people how to tell story, how to remember story, how to think about their truths without necessarily scripting every single word or writing every single thing down. Right. Mm. was one of the, I think we talk about it in the workshops, um, (laughs) is that the scripting of the story Mm. um, just means that you're you are remembering the script. It's just another, it's kind of this barrier between you and and your audience. You are not in as much in the moment as you would be if you are just recalling your story that you, um, you know, over the course of the workshops, over the course of time, you familiarize yourself with the ways that you want to tell the story. Uh, but then you let yourself in the moment be surprised by whatever comes out. Like, um, you know, for this podcast <laughs> prologue, I I shared a little story about Danielle and Hot Dogs. <laughs> very clearly not scripted <clears throat> in the moment. That was I did remember that, and and um, you know, it. I feel like there's a lot of room for um, just that delightful discovery uh, when you can um, let go. A little like you have your framework, um, you have again, we have your first and your last lines of your story. We'll get into that one if we ever talk about workshops in another podcast. Um, and then between that, you have things that you want to, to touch on and talk about in your story, but then you know, the rest of it is just is letting yourself be in that moment of being simultaneously on stage and then time traveling to wherever the story took place. So it's like a very, um, it's, I'm not going to say it's like totally transcendent, but like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're able to like travel a little bit through time while also being grounded and present in, in the very moment that you're in. So. Yes. And in community with the audience that you're talking with or yeah. speaking to. Um, there's something really beautiful about that um, space between the performer and the audience and sort of the, even though the performer is the only one talking, there is sort of a conversation that happens, a listening and a, and a feedback that happens when you're in front of live people. And like that was so missed for so long and being able to have that audience be your community um, is really beautiful. And I think it's, And I think what makes it so beautiful is, and Chris is really good at setting up this 
awesome atmosphere in which we're all there to support each other. So I find myself sometimes going, yeah, you did, when somebody tells a story. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe, maybe it's not right. But it's just that encouragement, like the freedom to really laugh because nobody's performing or we're not judging a script and we're not worrying about what they're wearing or what's going on with the lights because it's just the space where the lights are up on the audience a little bit and everybody does tongue twisters at the beginning and everybody acknowledges that there's probably going to be (laughs) a moment where nobody, somebody falters in what they're going to say or needs a little more support. Um, And we've had storytellers from the age of, how old was Daisy? Seven? Six. Six. On our stage to probably someone who is uh, in their late 70s, as of yet. Early 70s? I don't want to guess. We'll just say later in their Past 60. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not really uh, an age limit or a preference or a generation that gets the spotlight. Um, it's for everybody. And so that's why it's kind of exciting. It's even more exciting when enough people want to tell stories that Chris and I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> we we do, though. We, we will represent if we, if we need to. But Always. it's not about us. It's not about us. I mean, this part is more about us, <laughs> but, but, you know, actually, in the, the story hour, it's not as much about us. It's about you. You reminded me of something that has been really important to me over the past couple of years in just making art generally, which is the idea that it doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. And I think that's something really cool that happens in story hour is listening to people's stories. It's not about the perfect words. It's not about the perfect delivery. It's about the truth and the heart and soul and the real person in front of you telling a real story that makes it so amazing to watch. And then it makes it, I think, less, can can make it less scary for anybody who is interested in doing it. It's not about being perfect. It's just about being there. I agree. That's the magic and the, the soul-filling part. And even like when I leave from teaching workshops. Like we go, it's it's nine o'clock. I'm tired. It's Tuesday, but I still go home feeling really invigorated mm-hmm. just from those moments of connection. We always, after every workshop, we're like, that was the best workshop. <laughs> was that the best workshop? I think that was the best workshop. I can't believe every workshop is the best workshop, but that one absolutely was. Um, And so speaking of workshops, too, we host um, workshops at New Prospect Theater on um, the first and third Tuesdays. And then our story share is on the fourth Tuesday um, of every month in Bellingham, Washington. Um, We start at 7 Mm p.m. 7 p.m. is a time we thought was well after most people's dinners. But early enough that people could come and participate. And also for us, <laughs> hours that us hosting the workshops can be a part of. And there are going to be months where there are five Tuesdays, but the fifth Tuesday is a wild card. We don't do anything on those fifth Tuesdays. So if you can lock in your brain, that story hour happens on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at the New Prospect Theater. And the first and third Tuesdays are workshops. The fourth Tuesday is a story share. And I think that might be helpful. At some point, I'm going to make up a song about Tuesday. the Tuesdays to remember for story hour. It's not right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, but it's, I'll, I'll not do that right now. But I think that would be helpful, right? I think it would. Yeah. A little story hour song. Probably jingle. a dance. Probably some hand gestures. Mm, yeah, some hand gestures. <laughs> Okay, no, no, I'll wait, I'll wait. I won't do it yet. 
got a little inspired. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll save that. We'll save that for <laughs> stay tuned, everyone. So if you have made it through this prologue episode, I hope it's been insightful. We are not going to end it with a story because we would like to uh, actually create a couple few podcast episodes for you that have some of the stories that have been shared during story hour. So we're going to move on to that. But before we go, we definitely have to do some thank yous, small shout outs, Um, a big one to the new Prospect Theater for trusting us and housing us and sharing community with us and being such great supporters. Um, Who else? Uh, Well, Danielle also has been our number one workshop best... (laughs) gold star student and now we've roped her more into all of this and um who will be doing editing of the podcast um which also ron to ron warner was recording um all of our um live shows uh these past few months and um I think that Caitlin also sorry Caitlin Lazansky Sorcerer's Apprentice yes turned into amazing professional practitioner yes yeah and um oh and to like uh uh we're in champion street sound studios which full disclosure is um it's not like mine i don't know it's, <laughs> it's your spouse my, it's, your it's spouse's my spouse's, endeavor. spouse's yeah. endeavor um we are very lucky to have access to a recording studio right so um thankful that uh that is <laughs> that we are using the space right now. Um, and I think, I don't know if we have other thank yous. That I'm sure they will come. And if we have forgotten you, please uh, forgive us for forgetting, but we will add them. Should we thank Paul for setting up the microphones? Oh, thank you, Paul. Yes, Paul is my spouse. And um, this, yes, mm-hmm. he did set them up very nicely. They're very nicely arranged. <laughs> Agreed. I also want to shout out to uh, Savannah LaCornu, who did an awesome interview with us uh, that could potentially be in August 2023, Bellingham Alive, but might also be in September. No, it's out now. It's out now. It is out. It's on newsstands. If you go to newsstands or I believe the Fred Meyer, you can purchase Bellingham Alive. And it has um, a really lovely article that also includes Caitlin Lazansky, so you can see them and hear from them as well. Um, and that's a long list of thank yous and an outro. And we can be found, we have uh, BellinghamStoryHour.com is our website. And on Instagram, it's BehamStoryHour to follow us there. Um, and on Facebook to Bellingham mm-hmm. Story Hour. And wherever this podcast is, <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got real close to the microphone there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we hope that you will join us, participate, share in community, uh, tell stories or don't, but, uh, we would love to hear from you. And maybe if you're needing something to take with you that you're like, I would like to try to write a story, um, maybe just a a thought, something to ruminate on might be one of your favorite moments from this last summer. Many people really enjoy the summer and just retelling one of your favorite moments. It doesn't have to be that long. Just a favorite moment from this last summer might be a fun one to think about. If you're looking for stories, your two stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you. No. This is how we do it. <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs>
Bye. <laughs>